As we gather tonight, I remarked to Deacon Bruce, it's not very often that both the priest and the assisting deacon at a memorial mass like this are both mourning the loss of their mothers in the last year. And uh, my, my mother has been in my mind and heart all day today uh, as I turn to the Lord, and not only her, but so many of my family members and so many of your family members as you come this day, especially those who have had loss in, with this, in this last year. My mind going back to each of them as I prayed over each of their names this day, um, calling to mind you as spouse or child, brother, sister, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, grandchild perhaps even, as I see a few here. Death is a universal experience. It's one that unfortunately is part of that human condition because of sin. It's the result of sin. And part of the result of original sin in addition to death is this whole brokenness that we have, this concupiscence, a, a desire to sin, but also a desire to escape from the consequences of sin. We live in a world that has two responses to death, or not necessarily responses, but to what happens after death, and one uh, that are both incorrect and need to be corrected, and they are by the Catholic faith, but one is that there is nothing that awaits us. There's nothing. This life is all there is, and that's it. And I have to admit, and I always have, if this is all there is, life stinks. Big theological word, I know, but life stinks because life is not fair at times. And I, we see good people who suffer so greatly. We see good people who, through no fault of their own, are given very little chance. And there, that seems unjust. And yes, life is not fair, but God is just. Or we see also bad people who do terrible, terrible things that seem to get away with it. That just doesn't set well with me, and I'm sure it doesn't set well with most of us. If there's nothing after this life, we are the most miserable of people. Or the other response that we have is everyone's going to heaven and it doesn't matter what we do. And, and uh, yes, we do here in our, our church teaching, God wills and desires the salvation of all. But let's admit, we can thwart God's will. And we do it all the time, unfortunately. We do it with sin. Every sin is a, a sin against God's will, a sin against God, a sin against our relationship with God. And so death comes and, and we know we have to look at the reality of death. And I thank God that we are not in the place to judge. And, and uh, I've heard stories of, of those who have, you know, somebody who dies who, who is instantly canonized or whatever, and, and that isn't the Catholic faith. We pray for those who are deceased because God knows alone the state of their soul. And let's be honest, sometimes we barely know the state of our own soul. We can deceive ourselves. That's that concupiscence in us, that desire to sin in us. We deceive ourselves so readily. And we, we can do some terrible things ourselves. 
And so we need to examine ourselves, but as we turn this day and this commemoration of the faithful departed, we pray for all who have gone before us, knowing that they may need our prayers. And yes, uh, this unfortunately is one of the few times we perhaps talk about the doctrine of purgatory, the, the teaching that the church has that there is a place of pure, or a state of purification. I need to correct myself. So often we are accused as Catholics that you believe that there's a second chance. No. If we die, though, with forgiven sin, would God condemn us to an eternity apart from him if we're not quite ready to see his face? That seems cruel, too, doesn't it? And so God gives us a state that, uh, for one of two reasons, perhaps, we, uh, we pray for those in purgatory, that why they are there. And I, I use, uh, use the example of a broken window. If we break a window, we can apologize most of the time if we're kids. It might be our parents' window that we break. We can apologize to our parents, but that doesn't fix the window, does it? We might have to do some reparation, and it might be something as simple as, well, you're going to do some extra lawn work, or you're going to do some extra chores. If it's something that we can actually repair, we might be encouraged to repair it. And the same is true with this life. If we die with forgiven sin, but we haven't done reparation, God gives us that chance to do reparation so that we can stand before him with complete love, stand before him completely restored in that relationship that we damaged by our sin. Reparation is a pretty important thing. But there's another thing. This is the attachment to sin. This is concupiscence in and of itself. Let's admit, sometimes, I'm not going to ask, but certain sins are enjoyable. We might like them. And we confess them over and over again, but we might still have an attachment to that where, where we almost might ask ourselves, do we love the sin more than we love God? Would God cast us out of heaven for such a thing? If we love God but haven't come to that full love of God? That's cruel, isn't it? And so God gives us purgatory to be purified in our desire. And that purgatory is something that we can do now and we ought to be doing now. It's something that, that while we have breath, to purge ourselves of every attachment to sin and do reparation for as, uh, sin as well as we can. But for those who have gone before us who are still in need, we gather and we pray, knowing that they are helped by our prayers. They, they are helped by our love. The deceased are not gone. They're waiting for us to pray for them. And God willing, everyone who is in purgatory will go to heaven. But God willing, many of our loved ones are already enjoying heaven as we celebrated yesterday with the Feast of All Saints. I probably have shared tidbits of this and, and uh, here and there in little pieces but I'll admit, having gone through the grief process and still in the grief process, let's be honest, myself, I've come to realize something. That the church talks about this vision that we have of God. This beatific vision that the saints enjoy, that they see God, 
But there's, a, there's another vision that I found myself so grateful for. The first thing our loved, loved ones who have died will see when they open their eyes in the resurrection will be our Lord, our Savior, our Judge. And I find that comforting, that those who have sought the Lord, who love the Lord, will see in him a merciful Savior, will see in him one who looks on us with love. See, I'm convinced, and I have yet to be disproved, every time Jesus looks at someone in the Gospels, it's a look of love, a call to repentance, perhaps, but a look of love. When Jesus looked at Zacchaeus, it was with love. When Jesus looked at John, it was with love. When Jesus looked at Peter, as Peter, after Peter had denied him, it was with love. The Lord looks on us with love. May our loved ones who have gone before us see love. And even if they don't, unfortunately, for not our loved ones, I hope, but if they are going to the eternal separation from God by their own choices. They will still see love, but they will be horrified by the sight. There's a pray, prayer that I pray that, when I, that while I do not long to have you as a just judge, I do long to have you as a merciful Savior. That's our prayer for those who have died, that they would find in the Lord mercy. Everything about this day is about God's mercy, that God wants us to be purified. And he's exacting in his purification standards. So we pray. And the very best prayer we can do, of course, is Mass. Oh, it doesn't matter if the Mass intention is specifically for our specific loved one. You, you as laity, can offer the Mass, a specific Mass for your loved one, no matter what the intention publicly is. We can pray rosaries. We can visit the cemetery. In fact, the church encourages us uh, this week, between now and the 8th, to visit the cemetery. And there is an indulgence attached to that when we go and visit the graves of our loved ones. Just simply praying in our Father and a glory be and for the intentions of the Pope, being relatively detached from sin and going to the sacrament of reconciliation. We can do all these things. And see, as we gathered this day, we focus on the mercy that we pray our God has on our loved ones. But also we ought to be praying for ourselves. It ought to be a chance for us to reflect, am I loving the Lord with all my heart, mind, and soul? Or have I made other things more important? Do I seek the Lord and do my, is my first desire is when I die, the first thing I see is Jesus as a merciful Savior? It's a chance for us to ask ourselves, are we ready? It doesn't make us insane. It doesn't make us have a death cult or a death wish, as so often we might be accused. But it's facing the reality that death is a human reality, fallen human reality, and that we are made for something more. We are made for the eternal with the God who loves us.